Welcome to the Faith Connections Podcast, a partnership between the Foundry Publishing, Nazarene Discipleship International, and Holiness Today. Welcome to our study this week of Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 1, through chapter 3, verse 4, and verses 12 to 15. My name is Scott Rainey. I serve with the Church of the Nazarene in the area of Nazarene Discipleship International, or NDI. This adult Sunday school video lesson is provided in collaboration between the Foundry Publishing and NDI. The Sunday school lesson is intended to support the local church's efforts to make disciples who make disciples. Please feel free to use this video in any way that helps your church or its families. In last week's lesson, we were introduced to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel had been in training to be a priest in the year 597 BC when he was 25 years old. In that same year, Jerusalem was attacked and came under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. The king of Judah and many leading citizens of Jerusalem, including the would-be priest Ezekiel, were taken into exile 900 miles from home. Five years had already passed when Ezekiel chapter 1 begins. Ezekiel was now 30 years old, the age he would have officially become a priest when he encountered God in the countryside by the Kibar River. Within a windstorm was this incredible vision of God described in Ezekiel chapter 1. There was lightning, brilliant light, fire, and what looked like glowing metal. There were four creatures with wings. Each creature had four faces. Beside each creature was a wheel intersecting another wheel. The wheels were full of eyes all around. This ground and air capable vehicle supported a vault that was above it. On top of the vault was a throne made of a deep blue gemstone. And on the throne was what looked like a man. The man was enthroned by brilliant light all around him. Ezekiel said the man was the likeness of the glory of the Lord, according to Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 28. As our lesson came to an end last week, after Ezekiel described his encounter with this mobile throne of God, Ezekiel fell face down before God. In the Bible, such a position is almost every human's first response to a close encounter with God. From this position, prostrate before the Lord, Ezekiel heard the voice of him who sat on the throne. And it's recorded in Ezekiel chapter 2, where we will be reading today. Ezekiel chapter 2, starting in verse 1. He said to me, son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the spirit came into me and raised me to my feet and I heard him speaking to me. He said, son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. 
and whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious people, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified by them, though they are rebellious people. You must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not rebel like that rebellious people. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me. In it was a scroll, which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it were written words of lament and mourning and woe. Chapter three. And he said to me, son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Then he said to me, son of man, go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. And then skipping down to verse 12. Then the spirit lifted me up and I heard behind me a loud rumbling sound as the glory of the Lord rose from the place where it was standing. It was the sound of the wings of the living creatures brushing against each other and the sound of the wheels beside them, a loud rumbling sound. The spirit then lifted me up and took me away. And I went in bitterness and in the anger of my spirit with the strong hand of the Lord on me. I came to the exiles who lived at Tel Aviv near the Kibar River. And there, where they were living, I sat among them for seven days, deeply distressed. When God spoke from this mobile throne, he called Ezekiel son of man, chapter two, verse one. This is the first time we hear that title for Ezekiel, but it will not be the last. He will be called son of man seven times between Ezekiel two, verse one, through chapter three, verse four, and more than 90 times throughout the book of Ezekiel. The Hebrew Ben Adam emphasizes Ezekiel's human frailty in contrast to God's divine power. It was appropriate for Ezekiel to fall face down before the king of the universe, but God would not allow Ezekiel to stay on the ground. God instructed Ezekiel to stand on his feet in verse one. God could have spoken to Ezekiel while he was face down on the ground. Instead, God had him stand to his feet to hear his call to become a prophet. One commentator said, servants and defeated rebels prostrate themselves. Redeemed and beloved daughters and sons stand listening and speaking with God face to face. Another commentator suggests that the standing position was ready for action, requiring Ezekiel to move from passive to active. 
What we soon find is that Ezekiel will need help to be obedient to the command of God, even if just to stand. Verse two reveals that the spirit, rightly the Holy Spirit, came to Ezekiel and enabled him to do what he had been commanded to do. The spirit raised Ezekiel to his feet. This is just one simple example of a truth found throughout history. God empowers those he calls. God's character would not ask you to do something and then leave you alone to do it without his help. Instead, he will come to you and make it possible for you to obey. Even the Great Commission, which calls us, which calls all Christians to go make disciples of all nations, ends with a wonderful promise from Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Verses three through eight of Ezekiel chapter two are the record of Ezekiel's initial commissioning reported as God's own words. God did not call Ezekiel to an easy assignment. The prophet would not find a welcome, welcoming setting where tender hearts eagerly awaited to hear from God. Rather, the hearers of Ezekiel's message were a rebellious nation, verse three, and were obstinate and stubborn, verse four. Israel's history proved these words as true. When the Exodus generation reached Canaan, they had already disobeyed and tested God 10 times, according to Numbers chapter 14, verse 22. The period of the judges is notorious for cycles of apostasy. Many later kings, first Israelite, then Judean, led their people deeply into rebellion. The people of Israel were set in their ways and were not about to change. The trauma of exile in a Babylonian refugee camp had hardened their hearts and made them bitter. Because of their rebellious obst rebelliousness, obstinance, and stubbornness, God doesn't give Ezekiel much hope that the people will listen to his message from the Lord. Ezekiel chapter two, verse five says, and whether the Israelites listen or fail to listen. In English, the word fail can be used with no moral or ethical blame attached. We can say they tried but failed. The Hebrew word used here in verse five for fail emphasizes the willful failure of faithlessness. It would be better translated whether they listen or refuse to listen. Ezekiel chapter two, verse six, uses two analogies in this ministry to the people of Israel. The first analogy is that the hearers of Ezekiel's message and their words would be like briars and thorns. These people would scratch and pierce and would inflict substantial pain. These kinds of wounds are treatable and normally non-lethal. They're also somewhat avoidable since you can see briars and thorns if you're watching for them. Second, however, and a little more intense, the words of the Israelites might feel like the sting of scorpions. Scorpions are mobile and can be quick. They prefer to escape human notice. The sudden painful jolt 
of a scorpion sting almost always is the first notice of his presence. You don't see it coming. Nevertheless, Ezekiel must speak to these people on behalf of God, not worrying about the outcome. To accomplish this, Ezekiel must take courage from the Lord. Three times in one verse, in Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 6, God tells Ezekiel, do not be afraid. And one time, God says, do not be terrified. Likewise, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul reminded Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of courage, love, and self-confidence, self-control. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Today, we all should be praying that our pastors live in courage, not fear. The world is working overtime to try to scare the church into submission. We must live in the power of the Spirit who gives courage, love, and self-control. As Ezekiel tries to remain faithful to the prophetic call, time and again we see his need for the Spirit's help. This remains true for each of us today. As we move into Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 9 and following, we move from the challenge of the calling, that is the stubborn people, to the words of the calling, the word of God. In Ezekiel's story, the word of the Lord would be proclaimed from and written on a scroll. Let me just take a moment and say that Christian ministry will, will always have a fundamental orientation toward the word of God. It must Jesus' first entrance into the public's attention in a synagogue was focused around his references to the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, Luke chapter 4, verses 17 to 21. The apostle Paul asked the church in Colossae to pray for him so that he might proclaim the word of God clearly, Colossians chapter 4, verse 4. Paul also exhorts Timothy to preach the word in all seasons, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. What would Ezekiel actually say to the people? What would be recorded on the scroll? Ezekiel did not need to be concerned about what he, he might say because God would provide the message. In the vision, God handed the prophet a scroll with words from God written on it. In the Near East of Ezekiel's day, documents like this one were written on scrolls, um, usually made of Egyptian papyrus. Most scrolls were blank on the outside, inscribed only on the inside. This scroll, according to verses 9 and 10, was written on both sides, indicating the extensiveness and weighty nature of the subject matter. Unfortunately, the message on the scroll was a message of lament and mourning and woe, according to verse 10. These are the kind of words spoken at a funeral. In this case, they represent a warning of impending judgment and doom. The next 30 chapters of Ezekiel would be dominated by this message of judgment. And Within only a few years of Ezekiel's call to ministry, the judgment would be fulfilled. Babylon would completely destroy Jerusalem, its temple, and its kingship. 
thousands would die and thousands more would be taken into exile. The vision takes another unusual twist as God instructs Ezekiel to eat the scroll in Ezekiel chapter three, verse one. The words of God must become a part of God's, of Ezekiel's very being. The prophet's preaching would not just be an academic exercise. The sermon must come from deep within him. The scroll must enter the prophet's mouth. Surprisingly, the words God gave Ezekiel tasted as sweet as honey to him, according to chapter 3, verse 3. While these words were not easy to hear, they were still true. This may be the reason they tasted sweet. There's something satisfying about the truth, whether it encourages or condemns. Ezekiel's message would not be politically correct, but they would be correct. The scroll, however, needed to go further than the taste buds. An exact translation of verse three says, let your belly feed and let your inward parts be filled with the scroll which I am giving you. Ezekiel was to ingest and digest the scroll. He was to study it, contemplate it, and meditate on it. As readers, we should not overlook the importance of Ezekiel's internalizing the content, the content of the scroll before attempting to proclaim the message. Friends, it would be really good for each of us to internalize and obey the word of God personally before we try to proclaim it to others. There are few things worse in the world today than when those who don't believe in Jesus are turned away by so-called Christians who basically say, do as I say, not as I do. Most people God calls to do something for him feel and quite honestly are insufficient for the task if they try to do it in their own strength. The message Ezekiel was to bring to the Israelites was bad news and hard for them to hear. The people to whom he would deliver it were unreceptive. Ezekiel could not look within himself to come up with what was needed. So, similar to Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 2, when the Spirit came to Ezekiel and lifted him to his feet, in Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 12, the Spirit came again and lifted Ezekiel up and took him where he needed to go. The spectacular lights and sounds of the vision of God surely impressed Ezekiel, but they were not enough. The prophet needed God's enabling spirit in order to accomplish the ministry given him. We certainly do as well. The Holy Spirit has always been and will always be the power behind effective ministry. The vision left Ezekiel in an emotional turmoil. He was bitter at the stubbornness of his neighbors, undoubtedly feeling God's disappointment over their obstinance. Ezekiel's feelings were dark and somber, foreshadowing the grim future awaiting those still in Jerusalem. In Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 14, the NIV says that he went in bitterness and in the anger of my spirit. A direct translation from Hebrew says, in the heat of my spirit. Our commentator for this lesson believes the direct translation 
also used by the new revised standard version is better here. It's not so much that Ezekiel is experiencing anger, but rather sorrow, grief, and disappointment, which can be expressed as heat of the spirit. The spirit who lifted Ezekiel seemed to transport him now to the place where he was later to prophesy. Tel Aviv in Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 15 is not to be confused with a modern day Tel Aviv. Rather, this was a location near the Kibar River where many of the exiles were living in Babylon. Under the guidance of the spirit, the prophet, according to verse 15, sat among the Israelites for seven days. Rather than burst forth in condemnation, he did not speak until God gave him the words to say. Sometimes the most authentic and helpful thing one can do is to sit with people, sharing their circumstances, and saying nothing, either positive or negative. I remember when I was pastoring in Houston, Texas, our church had a sports ministry that included basketball for children in the community. One Saturday, a boy from the community whose family did not attend our church was returning home on his bike. Crossing a major street, the eight-year-old was hit by a car and died before the ambulance even arrived. I learned of the news and quickly headed to the unknown family's home. I entered the packed home of people around 6 p.m. to wails and tears of the family and friends. I knew no one in the home. I simply asked if I could sit with them. I don't know that I said more than two sentences until I left their home around 3 a.m. The family was moved by my staying with them through their lowest moments. They felt loved by my presence, not my words. Ezekiel listened to the wisdom of the spirit and began with presence in a period of empathetic silence for seven days before he spoke. Let me just mention that preaching must be strong, but it must be filled with compassion as well. Though Ezekiel had been called to a challenging ministry, God provided the words and courage to fulfill it. God always provides the resources needed to accomplish his purposes in this world. If we're receptive when God calls us, his spirit will lift us up, take us where we need to go and give us the words we need to say. Are you willing to receive the empowerment of the spirit for the ministry to which God has called you today? Thank you for listening to the Faith Connections podcast. If you wish to order Faith Connection materials for your local church, please visit thefoundrypublishing.com. If you've enjoyed this production and wish to hear more, visit holinesstoday.org slash podcast or find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts.